Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. Great to see you all. My name's Mark Altrogi, and uh, welcome, if this is your first Sunday, welcome to Saving Grace Church. While we're still getting seated, a few people are getting seated. Many of you may not know this, but today is Tim McKelvey's 71st birthday. Happy birthday, Tim! I did want to embarrass you. I like to embarrass you every chance I get. Tim... McKelvey and I have been really good friends since we were in our 20s. Tim was probably, you were probably 27, I was around 24. Uh, we, we lived together before we were married. And, and, and it still gets laughs. Uh, we we uh, lived in a farmhouse that no longer exists across from Musser Nursery. Uh, a couple single guys and a couple other single guys, we, we all lived together and, and uh, just started our Christian journey together. And so it's just great that we're still friends and that we're, Tim is still here, still willing to listen to me. Well, maybe you're not listening, but anyway, happy birthday, Tim. Uh, it's great to be here. This morning we're going to look at Psalm 23. We're spending summer in the Psalms, and this is probably the most well-known of all the Psalms, but let's read Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's pray. Lord, this is so rich. I just pray that you would help us, that you would speak to us through your word by the Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each one of us and encourage us and build us up, Lord, and Help us to just appreciate all that You do and all that You are for us, Lord. I pray that, Lord, that Your, your Spirit and Your Word would just do great things in our lives this morning, Lord. Please help me to uh, serve Your people. And uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is, as it says, a psalm of David. David had been a shepherd himself. 
when he was a boy. When he was a young man, David, David knew what a good shepherd was. He had led flocks over hills and valleys, led them to green pastures. David had protected them against lions and bears. He even mentioned that at one time, how he had fought and killed lions and bears to protect the flock. One commentary I looked at said, David, David, when he wrote this psalm, may have been looking back over his life and all the ways that God had blessed and protected him. And as I was preparing this, I, I thought back over my life. And I thought how Jesus drew me to Himself in the early 70s and then saved me around 1973. And, and as I mentioned, Tim had just recently become a believer as well. And, and all these years... Jesus has cared for me and led me and protected me. So as, as I read this psalm, it wasn't something I hadn't experienced. I've experienced this. And if, if you haven't, I hope today will be just a great encouragement because as we've already heard this morning, Jesus has so much for each one of us. He has so much good for each one of us to experience. And so, we're going to look at this. Our, it's, I titled it, Our Wonderful Shepherd and Gracious Host. Because the psalm really is in two parts. The first part is about the Lord is my shepherd, but the second part hits similar things, only from a little bit different perspective. Jesus is pictured as, as a host at a gracious a gracious host at a feast so first of all let's look at who this shepherd is our wonderful shepherd the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and as i was driving over this morning i was thinking what if someone asked you if you could have one human being who could be your ultimate protector, guide, provider, who would it be? And I was thinking, there, there is no human being who could provide for me everything I need. There's no human being who could direct me and guide me in my life and tell me every single decision I should make and lead me in every single path. There's no human being who could protect me from every enemy that I face. And I was just thinking, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the God who created the galaxies, the God who has infinite wisdom, the God who created heaven and earth and all the angels of heaven cares for you and me individually. David says the Lord is my shepherd. This is incredible. It's not like the Lord just cares for this faceless group of people called the church and He's just kind of a vague group. He cares for you and me individually, personally. The God who created the galaxies cares for you. Isn't that amazing? And He's our shepherd. Psalm 8, 3 and 4 says, When I look at your heavens, 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? I used to think when, when I first began to go to prayer meetings, and I, I didn't know much about the Lord, but I was going to these prayer meetings, and I had the thought that how can God have any interest in me? He's got the universe to run. I'm a speck of dust. I'm less than a speck of dust. And, and it's like what it, this says, when I look at the heavens, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the Son of Man, you care for him. But yet, the God who is infinite cares about us individually. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not Michael the archangel, not Gabriel, not, not the highest seraphim in heaven, but God Himself is my shepherd. And God has always tenderly cared for His people as a shepherd. Even in the Old Testament, Psalm 78, 51-54 says, He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then He led out His people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies and He brought them to His holy land. God has always cared for His people tenderly and affectionately and led them and guided them. And Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this psalm. Jesus Himself in the book of John 10 says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus loves you and me so much. He laid down His life for us. Think about this. If Jesus shed His very blood for you, if Jesus was willing to be beaten, slapped in the face, spit on, have a crown of thorns put on his head and then be whacked on top of that crown with a staff and then nailed to a cross, spikes driven through his hands and his feet, hangs there for six hours in absolute agony, and not only that, in his soul bearing the very wrath of God for your sins and my sins, do you think that this good shepherd will not supply your needs if he did all that for us? 
Do you think that He won't guide you when you're in, in, the, in a situation where you need wisdom? If He shed His very blood for us, won't He supply our daily bread? That's, he loves us. It's, it's so hard to grasp. But He does. And He cares about us. And Jesus owns us we belong to him jesus said i know my own and my own know me so jesus owns us he's going to protect his property which he bought with his blood he intensely cares about us he knows you Inside and out, I know my own. My own know me. His, his will for us is that we would know Him as well. Isn't that wonderful? That we could know Jesus intimately? He desires to reveal Himself to us. And then, because of all this, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. This incredible God, the Creator of the galaxies, if He is my shepherd... I shall not want. I know that I'll have everything I need. He's not going to leave me wanting. He's not going to lack. He's not going to let us lack any good thing that we really need. Sometimes I think I need something and I don't get it, but if I really needed it, God would give it to me. Because He's not going to let us lack anything that we really need. Because He loves us so much. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I like the NIV translation. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. See, when this says, I shall not want, it doesn't mean we're going to necessarily have every material thing we want. But God promises us that He will supply everything we need spiritually. He will give us the power to live the Christian life. Jesus will give us the power to overcome sin. Jesus will give us the power to love our enemies and to do good to those who abuse us, to do impossible things that we couldn't do apart from Jesus. He will give us the power to rejoice in the midst of affliction and to give thanks and to trust Him when we can't see the answers. He will give us everything we need. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Now, our Good Shepherd, that's who our Good Shepherd is. And now David talks about a few things He does for us. Our Good Shepherd leads and revives us. Verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Jesus leads us into spiritual abundance. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures is speaking of abundance and plenty. 
He blesses us abundantly spiritually. Picture a flock of sheep lying down in a beautiful, lush, green pasture spreading out in all directions. These sheep aren't worried about whether they're going to have enough to eat. They look in every direction and there is food and abundance. They are lying down in the midst of abundance. God blesses us with abundant blessings in Jesus Christ. First of all, when we believe in Jesus, He forgives our sins. He washes them all away. Now, if that were the only blessing that we got by believing in Jesus, to have all our sins washed away and to no longer be guilty in God's sight, that would be amazing. If that were the only blessing. But He does so much more. He gives us eternal life. He adopts us as His sons and daughters and makes us one with Jesus Christ. And someday, we will share in Jesus' inheritance. In the inheritance of the Son of God. In the, in the rewards that Jesus will get for all He has done. And He's going to say, you're going to have a big share in that. You're, you're sons and daughters too. I mean, we can't even fathom that. He gives us the Holy Spirit. God Himself comes to dwell in us. God the Spirit. And He gives us, He produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things over the years, God produces all these great things in our lives. It's just an abundant life coming out of us. It's not us. It's not, it's not like we're not producing it. It's the fruit of the Spirit as we follow Jesus, as we obey Him. And I've shared this before, but I'll probably keep sharing it as long as I live. The Bible says in Ephesians that He has prepared good works before the creation of the earth, He has prepared good works for us to walk in. You know, you may say, Lord, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, can I tell you something? God has already prepared good works for you to walk in. Just ask Him to guide you into those. He will. He's more interested in you walking in those works than you are. And here's how amazing our God is. Not only does He prepare good works for us to walk in, but then when we do, walk in those works by the power of His Spirit, He rewards us for doing them. In heaven, He will reward us for the good works that we did, which He prepared beforehand. Is our God, uh, is our God abundance or what? <laughs> we, we serve this incredible God. And our primary source of satisfaction is Jesus Himself. God Himself. Lamentations 3.24 says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. 
Psalm 16.5 says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. I've quoted this before, but Charles Spurgeon, famous preacher, said, I have heard of some good old woman in a cottage who had nothing but a piece of bread and a little water. Lifting up her hands, she said as a blessing, What? All this and Christ too? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my portion and my satisfaction in life. If we had nothing else but the Lord, we would, we, we'd be so rich we, we couldn't fathom it. Well, our Good Shepherd leads us into abundance. Our Good Shepherd leads us into peace. He leads me beside still waters. That represents peace. And the most important peace Jesus brings us into is peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I still remember before Jesus saved me, I did not feel peace with God. I, I, felt, I felt a little bit of peace with God maybe for about ten minutes once every couple weeks, I was raised Roman Catholic and I would go to confession and after I confessed my sins and I did my penance, I, I thought, okay, now, now I'm okay with God. That lasted like about 15 minutes or maybe that evening until I'd sin again and then I, I was not at peace with God. I... I was so amazed when Jesus saved me to find out that all condemnation had been taken by Jesus. There was no condemnation left for me. I was at peace with God. Man, I was in a uh, rock band we didn't do this song, but I always liked the Doobie Brothers. Some of you may have heard of the Doobie Brothers. Well, they, they had a song, and I don't recommend it, but it was, Jesus is just alright with me. Jesus is just alright with me. And, and I can remember, after I began to understand what my sins, this, the danger that my sins put me in before the living God, I couldn't say Jesus is just alright with me. He was not alright with me. God was not alright with me. I had no peace with God. But Jesus Christ, my Good Shepherd, when He saved me, then He wasn't just alright with me. I, I wanted to love Him. I wanted to know Him. See, if, 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 you're, if you're saying, ah, Jesus is just alright with me, you don't know Him. You don't know this glorious, wonderful, delightful, rich, lavish, loving Savior. But because of His blood, we have peace with God. And Jesus brings us into peace in this life as well. 
It says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. God keeps us in peace. Now you may say, but Mark, I, 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 I don't feel peace all the time. Well, I'm not saying we always feel perfect peace at all times. We have to fight for this peace at times. You know, it says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Well, it's, it, part of the challenge when we're in fearful situations or situations where we're not feeling peace, part of the challenge is to keep our mind stayed on God. At least that is for me. I can start looking at the circumstances. I can start saying, oh man, how, how am I going to get this figured out? No, I need to keep putting my mind back on God. You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. And I need to keep coming back and I need to keep praying, Jesus, please give me Your peace in this situation. Help me, Lord. Come to my aid. Guide me. Lead me. And as I do that, He does give me peace. And so, our Good Shepherd does. It is His will to make us lie down in green pastures and lead us beside still waters. But He gives us His Word to help us at times keep our minds fixed on Him and to fight for that peace. But it is His will to grant you peace. So, if you're struggling today, if you're not feeling God's peace, we would love to pray for you. We would love to ask Jesus to help you because it is, He longs to lead you beside still waters. He leads us in verse 3. It says, He leads us, our shepherd leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He gives us His Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. He leads us through His Word. He speaks to us through brothers and sisters. I can remember in my early days as a Christian, we'd been going to a Bible study. Tim McKelvey and I and Patty Walwork and, and others were, that were friends of ours. We were going to this Bible study and a new pastor took over the Bible study. And I didn't like this new pastor's style. I, didn't like, I just didn't like his teaching style. So I quit going to the Bible study. I was kind of dropping out of Christian fellowship. And one day, all these friends of mine said, Mark, we, got, we want to talk to you. And they sat me down, and they gently and in love said, hey, God doesn't want us dropping out of fellowship. God, you need God's Word, Mark. And I was saying, well, I, I don't like that guy's style. <laughs> and they confronted me gently and in love about that. And I started going to the Bible study. And eventually, I really did like the guy. And I benefited immensely. But, but Jesus used my friends to lead me in paths of righteousness, to instruct me and teach me in the way I should go. See, Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I quote this verse to the Lord probably several times a week. I say, Lord, I need Your direction. I don't know what to do here. But You said in Psalm 32.8, 
I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Can you? Isn't that amazing? God, who created the galaxies, personally says He will instruct me and counsel me with His eye upon me. That's our Good Shepherd. Do you need direction in your life right now? Are you not sure what to do? Come to, come to Jesus. Pray. Ask your Heavenly Father. Lord, you said Psalm 32, 8. Write that down. Put it on a note card. You said you would instruct me and teach me. I don't know what to do here. And He will. I can't tell you the number of times God has come through and fulfilled that. Well, our Good Shepherd also restores us and revives us. Verse 3, He restores my soul. You know, so often in this life, it's hard. We get drained. We get depleted. Have you ever just felt empty? I'm sure every single one of you has. Have you, have you ever just felt like, I, I'm just done with this. I can't do this anymore. Well, that's, that's when you need to have your soul restored. Jesus wants to do that. Maybe it's the pressures of work. Maybe you're caring for a loved one who is sick and just that requires a lot of work and it's hard. My wife's sister came to live with us and for, for a, a, a number of months she was in our home and then she went into the hospital and she was in St. Andrews and my wife Christy was every single day was caring for her older sister. Her older sister developed dementia and she was just going downhill. And I, I just, I asked Christy about that and, and she said, the Lord Jesus regularly refreshed me, giving me strength for each day. It was painful and hard, but God was there. Sometimes at the end of the day, I'd feel like I couldn't keep doing it. But then the next morning, Jesus would give me the grace to do it again. See, He restores our soul. So if you're, if you're worn out, if you're, if you're just tired, if you face it, you've got a situation that you just don't feel like you have the strength for, just keep coming to Jesus to restore your soul. Verse 4 says, He'll never forsake us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You know, we live in a world where death has entered the world because of sin. And so in some sense, every trial and affliction we go through is, is a little bit of the shadow of death. And someday each one of us, if Jesus doesn't come back first, we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death to the literal death the end of our lives. And those can be fearful times and hard times. And I've, as a, as a pastor, I had many opportunities to see people at the end of their lives. And I could see, and as I saw believers, they just had the Lord with them. So encouraging. They weren't fearful. Just filled with faith. Even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you because our Good Shepherd is with us. Man, this is so, this is so much encouraging stuff. I can't even take it in. But there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Jesus protects us. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Commentators I read said the rod and staff were used to guide and defend sheep. When we think of the rod, sometimes we think of maybe discipline, but that's not what the, the, the shepherd didn't use his rod to be whacking the sheep. The, the, he used his rod to, to whack the enemies of sheep. He used the rod to whack wolves that were coming. And he used the staff with its crook. At times, if a sheep was wandering off to the side, he'd use that crook to get it around the sheep's legs and pull it back into the flock. Our shepherd Jesus is protecting us. We, have you ever thought about this? Do you? Sometimes I think, I have no idea of the thousands of dangers and potential disasters that God has spared me from. Just the other day, I, I was going somewhere and I forgot something and I had to go all around and make a, a, a circuitous journey back to my house. I had forgotten my license. But then I had the thought, maybe God allowed me to do that because He protected me from an accident or something that was going to happen. We have no idea the schemes of the enemy Satan has, wants to attack us. We have no idea the disasters that Jesus has saved us from. And I think someday in heaven He's going to show us. And we'll be amazed. But He protects us. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. It's a comfort to know that Jesus is constantly protecting me. When I go to sleep at night, Jesus doesn't go to sleep. It says in the Bible, the Lord doesn't slumber or sleep. He is watching over us every single night. Every single night we wake up. Who knows? Who knows who could have walked by your house and thought about coming in and attacking you? Someday we'll know. Well, then it switches over from the shepherd to a gracious host. And we won't spend a lot of time on this. It's, it's essentially kind of recapping some of the same blessings that were in the first part of the psalm, but just in a different way as a host. It's, a, it's picturing Jesus as a gracious host at an incredible feast. He says, You prepare a table before Me in the presence of My enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. We have, we have powerful enemies. We have powerful enemies. Spiritual enemies. Satan. Demons. That they want to attack us. They want to destroy us. And Jesus spreads a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. He prepares a table for us. He satisfies us. He anoints our head with oil. That's a picture of God pouring out His Holy Spirit on us. It says, My cup overflows. 
You know, sometimes we have to, like I said earlier, we have to fight to experience God's joy and, and the abundant, overflowing life that He has for us. But that's what He has. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So He says, All the days of my life, this physical life, goodness and mercy will follow me. See, our, our, our primary, our, our most wonderful blessings are going to be in the next life. But God blesses us in this life in so many ways. Goodness and mercy. It's, it's, he says they're following me. I may not always see them. If I could see with, with Jesus' eyes, I'd look around and say, oh, there's goodness it's coming up on me. Oh, there's mercy. It's about to hit me. Goodness and mercy are following you. You don't even know it, but God has abundant plans of kindness for you. But he says, oh wait, let me, this life. Another verse I quote often is Psalm 27, 13 and 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In this life, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. See, if, if I'm in the middle of something hard, I say, I believe I'm going to look upon the goodness of the Lord. Might, it might, I have to wait for the Lord. I have to be strong. Wait for the Lord and take my, let my heart take courage. But God has goodness and kindness for us in this life. And the ultimate blessing is the next life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, in Revelation 19.19, it says, And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So this feast that our Good Shepherd, this gracious host is preparing for us, ultimately is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, when you think about a marriage supper, a marriage supper, you think about a wedding reception, lots of times they're just abundant feasts. They're, you know, the, everything, pull out the stops, the best food, all this, all this lavish feasting to celebrate a marriage. Well, the marriage supper of the Lamb is the ultimate wedding reception. The church is called the Bride of Christ. We, we who believe in Jesus are part of the Bride of Christ. And we have a wedding reception that we can't even fathom waiting for us. Jesus is waiting. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's going to pour out rewards for every act of service that we ever did. He's going to reward. I can't wait to see the rewards He pours out on so many of you. That's going to be such an exciting, fun, wonderful, glorious time. Because I know 
that, that so many of you, Jesus is going to reward you for something, and you're going to say, I, I totally forgot about that. I didn't even remember doing that. Jesus said, I know. I never forget a single thing. Here's a huge reward for it. It's going to be an incredible wedding reception. He's going to pour out His blessings and then we'll just enjoy being in His presence, seeing the face of Jesus forever and ever. Even the angels of heaven. It said in Isaiah 6 when, when He saw the seraphim flying around the throne of God, the seraphim, the highest created beings in heaven, had to cover their faces. They couldn't look directly upon the face of God. But the Bible says we will look upon Jesus' face. We will see Him as He is. The infinite beautiful, glorious one, our good shepherd who guided us and protected us all our days. We will just be bursting forth in worship forever and ever. Jesus, thank You for all You did for me. For all the way You provided. For washing away my sins. For just heaping mercy and kindness upon me all the days of my life. And now giving us this incredible feast forever and ever. Now it is... It is Jesus' will. It is His will that every one of us enjoy Him more and more and know Him more and more. If, 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 if you have never believed in Jesus, if you have never called upon Him to save you and rescue you from your sins and to give you new life, eternal life, you can do that today. It doesn't take a formal coming up or an altar call or anything. You can write in your place. You can just say, Jesus, I believe in You. Save me. Forgive my sins. I believe that You are God who became a man, who lived a sinless life, who died on the cross and paid for my sins and rose from the dead. I believe that. If you believe that and call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus, He will save you. Just like He did me and Tim McKelvey and so many of, of you in this room. And He will be your good shepherd. And he, he, he loves you more than you can possibly fathom. So I would encourage you, if you aren't sure about anything, you know, we would, any, anyone in this church would love to talk to you and, and, and uh, tell you more about the Lord. And for, for, for those in this room who have believed in Jesus, keep believing that He is your good shepherd who cares about you, longs to guide you and provide for you and lead you into peace and bring you into spiritual abundance. So let's, let's stand and let's pray. Ask this wonderful shepherd to just Fill us anew and afresh. Lord, we thank You that You are our Good Shepherd. Lord, for everyone here who doesn't know You, help them, Lord. Help them to believe in You. And for all of us, Lord, who we have believed in You, help, help us to continue to believe in You, Lord. To call upon You. To trust in You. 
to look to you. Lord, thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for protecting us, feeding us, providing for us, making us lie down in green pastures, healing us, strengthening us, giving us wisdom. Lord, thank you for all you do for us. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.